Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Now, a little bit of a note. Uh, over the years, uh, the decades that I've been doing Fighting for the Faith, and uh, we haven't been on YouTube for decades, but uh, we, we are, we've run into a lot of f people who've been influenced positively by sound doctrine, and as a result of it, they've left aberrant churches and heretical movements and things like this and sometimes the people who leave those uh, leave those movements and rediscover sound doctrine also happen to be artists and they then put into artwork you know music and things like this uh, aspects of their journey and so it was with that in mind it is a great privilege of mine to uh, have on today's episode of fighting for the faith uh, Joe Hogg Joe Hogg how are you doing I'm, I'm doing very well thank you Chris. Now, now, a lot of people may not be familiar with your work, at, at least you know, by the name Joe Hogg. Tell us about the, uh, the uh, Christian music band that you were a part of you know, more than a decade ago. Um, the, the band uh, was called Iona, mm -hmm. and the, we formed in uh, 1990. So our, our first album release was 1990, and uh, we continued to produce music, live music on albums and studio albums until I think the last studio album was 2011. 2011, okay. Um, but there's, a, there's, there's quite a long discography for uh, Iona's music over the years. Now, people here in the States or other parts of the world, they, they probably have heard of the name of Iona, because I have heard of Iona and was familiar with a couple of your songs uh, going back in time. Uh, you know, But then I'm showing my age. I, but... Well, yeah, yeah. You're showing mine as well. <laughs> I, 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 I got to consider that as well. But uh, right. So you guys were quite popular in Europe. Um, and, uh, and so the, the, the final, the, the, the last album that you guys worked on, and, and in fact, let me do this. I'm going to, I'm going to swing over here and, uh, yeah, that's a picture of Kongsvinger for a recent, uh, you know, uh, Aurora photograph there, but let me pull up my web browser because, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is your current project, the Apollo, Apologia Pilgrim album that just released on Bandcamp. But if we go back in time, so he, here's the uh, album cover for another realm which was the last of the uh, the albums that you did with Iona and uh, and theologically where were you when this came out um well this was back in my kind of very um prophetic era um as as evidenced by the um artwork uh-huh on the front of the album um this of course had prophetic uh, significance um, was symbolic of you know a rider in white on a white horse with a sword mm -hmm. um, but uh, ju just around the time that album came out uh, the band had some connections in Europe um, and we had we had played at a, a big conference in Rotterdam um, the conference was called Heaven on Earth. Uh, the guest speakers at the conference were none other than Bill Johnson from mm -hmm. uh, Bethel and Heidi Baker from Iris Ministries. So uh, that was my kind of deep dive into 
the this world of um, new apostolic reformation um and that was that was that was much more the sort of the signs and wonders and the supernatural mm-hmm. kind of end of things um i also had um kind of a, a little bit of involvement um in worship leading um okay. in the more prophetic <laughs> end of that uh-huh. spectrum um uh, although this came this came quite a bit later but um there we had uh, some visits to northern ireland from uh, glory of zions chuck pierce really yeah um but the, the you know the chuck pierce that visited ireland was really quite different from the uh, the chuck pierce that um comes on to um, your other show. <laughs> was, he <laughs> speaking, was, was he speaking in lucid sentences or were you not able to understand uh, him at all? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I did understand much of it, um, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, when once, you're, once your brain is kind of, um, has been well indoctrinated with the... The, the language and the vocabulary and the jargon of that uh, movement, mm-hmm. um, you sort of, you think you're making sense of it, you know, because it all sort of sounds kind of like it's vaguely connected to something that is, you know, mentioned in the Bible. Uh-huh. But um, it's like you, you've, I think you switch your, critical thinking off when you know after you've had an hour of you know emotional passionate uh worship music right you know and especially if you especially if you've been the one leading you know um by the time by the time i'd sit down you know i'm i'm all ready to uh absorb um information in this kind of strange way where i you know i really couldn't discern um truth from error there probably wasn't very much truth there um but a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that sounds very clever and uh yeah but not nothing nothing like the um extreme prophetic (laughs) stuff that you know they have at home Okay. It was quite different. So, so you, 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 okay. So, you spent some time legitimately in the NAR doing this, you know, prophetic Bill Johnson, you know, signs and wonders, you know, in in all of this. But that's not what you were raised in. No, no, I had a, I, I was raised in a very kind of conservative, uh, traditional, Presbyterian church environment mm-hmm. my father was a presbyterian minister mm-hmm. my my mom and dad had been missionaries in india for 13 years before i was born so i was number six in the family okay uh, so my older brothers and sisters were um born in india and uh and my dad was just absolutely loved scripture he was translating the bible into the language that they had to learn Mm-hmm. Uh, he was translating the Bible all his life from that point mm-hmm. until 
just a few years before he died at the age of 83. Uh, so yeah, I, I grew up, I was well catechized. Um, we had family prayers, Bible reading every morning before I went to school, um, every night before I went to bed, um, right up until I left home to go to university. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that was that was uh, my early start. <laughs> that was then, your early start. And then so you got this this thing, the season of your life where all of that just is kind of tossed to the wind and you went full NAR. Yeah, I think it was, I mean, there was a, a more gradual kind of veering um, away from the very kind of Presbyterian mm-hmm. type environment. You know, after I got married at 22, um, we we spent a little time in um, a sort of a little more charismatic type church uh-huh. environment. Um, and then we kind of found our way back into a Presbyterian environment um, later in our 30s when we had um, we'd had our two boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but around the time that that the band Iona um, got sort of like plunged into um, this other stuff that I, I mean, I did think, oh, this is this is like a bit weird. I'm really out of my comfort zone here. But mm-hmm. when when you say you're out of your comfort zone in that environment, it's kind of like, well, that's where God wants you to be. You know, God wants yeah, you to be out of your comfort this zone. Really, this is the sign that yeah. that's really from God that's doing yeah, this because that, like, makes you it makes you cringe. <laughs> God's stretching you, you know, and yeah. uh, and and. I always, you know, as a kid, I was always a bit of an adrenaline junkie. You know, I loved a challenge and um, and I liked to kind of, you know, do things that maybe other people were a bit scared to do. <laughs> and yeah. so it was kind of like this whole, you know, being a more radical follower of Jesus kind of really drew me in. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just... I was all in. I just uh, because my love, my love for God was really like really strong in me. I wanted to, I wanted to be doing what God wanted me to do, but I was just too biblically ignorant mm. to to discern it. I, uh, you know, I really for once once I left home, became a student. You know, I had. I had my university years. I was kind of part of the Christian Union at university. Um, but, you know, Steve and I just kind of spiritually sort of drifted a bit. We we continued to go to church, but we weren't, uh, we weren't studying the Bible. I wasn't reading scripture. Um, I was, I was just kind of busy doing stuff and and that wasn't a priority and you know Mm. that's the thing that i most regret now about those decades of my life you know i think what if what if i just like i kind of think by the time i finished um my degree uh which was a medical degree so it was five years i was like i don't want to study again i'm done Mm. studying i don't want to study books um and 
I just, I kind of sort of switched off that bit of my brain. I was like, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to write songs. And um, and so I, I and that not wanting to study kind of put me off studying anything. Mm. So, so I would kind of, I'd still read the Bible, but I was just reading it superficially. I wasn't really studying it and I wasn't, I wasn't in an environment where I was being taught, you know, by someone who was teaching the deeper theology of scripture. So yeah, it was just, it was just a bit of a drift. Um, but I, but I never kind of lost that sort of, um, it was just like a, a passion I had, you know, I wanted to be on the adventure. I, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted this, whenever something was presented as this, um, really exciting dynamic new thing that god is doing and and it's and it involves the supernatural stuff i was like sign me up i did actually yeah yeah i mean i did sign up for um a school of ministry um that was modeled on bethel's school of ministry yeah so 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 Hogwarts. So I I did actually went, I did actually go through um uh, the pilot year of that. And mm-hmm. you know the reading the reading assignments was all um was all Bethel materials. Mm-hmm. It was you know, when heaven invades earth and the supernatural power of a transformed mind and the supernatural ways of royalty and culture of honor and so we didn't actually study the bible you you were recatechized those those are those are all the pillar foundational doctrines Mm -hmm. of the nar yeah but uh yeah but we didn't call it a supernatural school uh because in northern ireland that would have just been too weird for people Uh so so it was an encounter school of mission an encounter school of mission mission. yeah Uh, wow (laughs) So. Somebody know, knows how to do marketing. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Now I would note then. Uh, let me let me come back here. Is that in your album Map Project Two, which was put out in 2022? Um, and by the way, Map Project Two is available on Apple Music and uh, I think also Spotify. But there is this one track, "Find My Way Back." Um, that really kind of stands out from uh, the other parts of the album, aside from the fact that it's 12 minutes long. Um, the, 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 there's, a, there's a story in here. So can you, can you help us understand the story? Because uh, Map Project 2, which I happen to have on, uh, on optical disc, I have it on CD, but uh, you sent it to me. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, all of that being said, Tell us, uh, so uh, here you've got this this song that just kind of falls out of the sky. Um, what what's going on with this song? Well, do you know the the map project um, part one and two? Of course, it, map stands for miracles and parables, and it was it was one of the projects that was actually drawing me back into the gospel narratives. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started to kind of read these narratives and uh, and just, I mean, it was that was already starting to make me think, what what is this stuff I'm, that 
I think I'm supposed to do. Mm. You know, like these miracles um, were signs of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And as I so as so as I've been writing the songs for the Map Project, particularly Map Project Two, I I was just I was beginning to sort of piece together, you know, the fulfilment of the Old Testament prophecies yeah. in Jesus, and that you know this was kind of well, I was just being really drawn back to the gospel and. That, you know, and at the same time, I was starting to read and study the Bible again. Mm-hmm. No one ever, no one ever came to me and said, you know, you, you're, you, you actually think some really weird theology. Um, have you ever, <laughs> no, have no you ever, ever kind told of compared, <laughs> no, have you ever compared like some of this stuff to what you read in scripture? Not, nothing. Nobody mm-hmm. ever said a thing. I was just starting to read the New Testament, and uh, slowly kind of starting to question um, a lot of what, you know, I had been indoctrinated with. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like disentangling things, and it, and it really takes time. And as I was starting to read uh, Scripture more, I uh, also was in discussion with um, a friend of my son's who was preparing to go on his Mormon mission. Oh, wow. And so I was having, I was having some conversations with him and, and, you know, I was finding out more about um, Mormon teaching and doctrines than I actually really knew about, Mm. you know, core biblical theology and, and I was also observing, you know, this, um, the whole role of the prophet and the apostles in, in LDS, um, that, you know, there, there is this, you know, there has to be this fresh revelation. Yeah. And then I'm, they, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, this is actually very similar to, you know, the NAR. It's yep. like, um, and when I was actually grilling this 18 year old on the history of um, the LDS church, um, do you know, at one point I just, I felt so convicted because mm. I thought, I, I don't even know where to find the 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 things in the gospels and in the new testament letters i don't even know where to find things that i know like from my childhood i know the core beliefs of my faith but boy i'm like i i need to get back to the bible and so i was i was kind of eagerly going through um the the answers from scripture and from Christian teaching for, you know, to challenge the teaching, the doctrines that my young friend was learning. And I was also watching testimonies on Mm. YouTube 
of you know young people who had been brought up in um, uh, the Mormon Church and had become Christians. Okay. And uh, and while I was while I was looking for those testimonies, I stumbled across Lindsay Davis's um, okay. testimony. Yeah. At that time, she had left Bethel School. Yeah. And. And so I was listening to her, I think it was on, um, wasn't your interview with her? It was, it was, was it cultish, yeah, it might yeah. have been the cultish show. And, yeah. uh, and then, and she mentioned American gospel and, and this was about March, 2020. And, uh, and I was actually on tour in England with young Natasha. And uh, I was I was listening to these things while while I was on this tour with her, and I uh, thought mm, I'm going to have to check out this American Gospel, and it was the the, the one hour trailer it was like the free one hour trailer, so um, I literally started to watch it um, in a travel lodge room where I was staying the night, and that was that was the point at which. You know, all my, it was like all my questions and doubts about things that, you know, I had been doing, thinking, believing. It, it, it was just like, I, I can't even find the words, Chris, mm. to, to express what that felt like. I've never experienced conviction. <laughs> To such a degree, I was just literally in bits. I was in bits. Mm. I was just like I, I was weeping for hours. Couldn't sleep that night, and we still had to, you know, travel the next day, and I had to play the next evening. And and I I just thought like I I don't know what to do with this. I'm like it was like it was like I felt like I was being born again again. You know, because, well, yeah. I, you know, I'd, I had started off my, my life, my faith as a child. I was eight years old. And even at that early age, you know, I knew I'd heard the gospel. And I knew, you know, I knew that Jesus had died for my, you know, for my sin. Even as a child, I knew, like, I knew I, I, I did some really naughty things as a kid. And I, I understood, yeah. you know, punishment. Um, and, but, you know, I didn't, going through my teens, I kind of had moments of, you know, rebelling and repenting and mm -hmm. this kind of process. But I'd never as an adult experienced that kind of response mm -hmm. to just hearing gospel again and and it was the it was the beginning of this kind of ongoing process mm -hmm. of unraveling repenting asking forgiveness just being filled with peace and it, it just it's just taken time it's like yeah you know it's, it's, it's that was 3 years ago that's a very long answer to the story of this song, but <laughs> but because of that um, connection that I made with Natasha in March, 
when we were doing this short tour, um, uh, at the end of the tour, it was ju- it was just um, the whole pandemic um, lockdown yeah. thing was just building up, building up, and it was it was like this is going to happen, you know, it's going to yeah. be a lockdown. So we finished the tour on like Monday, the fifteenth of March, I think, or fourteenth, but. And then the last night, I was just like, Natasha, I wish I could take you home with me because it would be just so great if we could just write music and record and stuff. And two days later, um, I was back in Ireland and she phoned and said, well, I've just been, um, what's the word? <laughs> furloughed. I've just been furloughed from my job. Um, so I could come to Ireland now. And uh, and I said, well, I said you can come, but like none of us know how long it'll be for. And uh, so we welcomed Natasha into our family mm-hmm. in March 2020, and she lived with us for a year. So we were kind of journeying, you know, on a theological kind of journey together. And she'd actually. Um, been involved in I don't know what the name of the church was but it was kind of cult like Mm. sort of environment and she was really pretty traumatized and confused by her experience so um so that's when we kind of found fighting for the faith and we found you know messed up church we found um Doreen Virtue, Melissa Doherty, Alyssa Childers. Mm-hmm. And we kind of were watching, um, listening to podcasts and, and having discussions. And I wrote, I wrote Find My Way Back kind of in the early months of that. And uh, because lockdown happened in March 2020, which was when the MAP project was to be mixed it, it, the mix got uh, postponed until I think it was like September, mm-hmm. and uh, during the once the studio opened, we we went in and recorded "Find My Way Back," and it was it was Natasha's first time actually recording in that way in a studio because she'd had eleven years of um, study at the Yehudi Menuhin School. <clears throat> she was in a scholarship there. So she was um, a classically trained violinist who had, you know, been uh, working, practicing, 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 practicing mm-hmm. for 11 years, um, but hadn't, you know, she, it was her first experience of really like interpreting, putting how she felt into the music that this, mm-hmm. this song was kind of about her journey and uh, I mean, it was a very, um, it was a very emotional time in the studio. Because even the even the recording engineer, when I told him I wanted to record violin, he kind of rolled his eyes and he was like, "Oh, I hate, <laughs> I hate violin sessions." And I said, "Well, you won't hate this one." And uh, and Natasha went in and just played, you know, just played her heart into it, and. He, the engineer was in tears mm. and it was just one, it was just one through 
performance recording. He didn't have to edit it. He didn't have to tune it. Um, and uh, that was really just so special. And I just thought, God, in God's sovereign providential timing, you know, we we got to add that song on to the end. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't know at that stage I was going to write more songs and and record another album, which is why when I did that, I thought, well, I have to start the next album yeah. with with that track. So well, yeah. funny that it's you would two. talk about talk about the next album here. <laughs> <laughs> so so Apologia Pilgrim. And, and notice I didn't say apologia. I, I for I all know. of you out there, yeah, you know, I, I I teach Greek as well as you know I have a degree in Greek, and so you can't do that with a gamma. I, I understand how the English uh, G works, but it's apologia. So uh, so apologia pilgrim. This kind of continues this this uh, this theological journey that y- y- y'all have been on, and I, I like that uh, Natasha. You know, she's uh, she's she's co-writer with you on on the project, and. This currently is available, as of the time we're recording this, is available on Bandcamp. We'll put a link to it down below. Uh, sometime in the near future, you, you you intend to put it on Apple and Spotify, the other streaming services. But yeah. uh, if, if anyone would like to listen to it now, they can, um, and they can purchase tracks at, you know, at, you know, and they can even pay for what, you know, they can pay what they want to pay uh, over on Bandcamp. But uh, I, as soon as I saw the, 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 the playlist, uh, you know, I, there was one that kind of stood out. Dream Destiny, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, so so I you know, I I I've been the guy who's been telling everybody about the Dream Destiny thingy. I'm surprised you well, didn't name it was, Dream. Well, it, it was after. It was actually after listening to <laughs> to. Your um, talk, topic on the whole, you know, destiny uh, mm-hmm. thing, and there were there were there were a couple of other um, podcasts that I kind of had picked up sort of similar ideas, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that was kind of the sort of the little um, trigger <laughs> yeah. to uh, to to try and kind of express. Um, my experience of that mm-hmm. um, in the song. Yeah, no, and, and it's well written. I like, I, I love, I love the story t- telling in your in your songs. So, um, so, the, so here's the project. Okay, so obviously, find my way back is has found its way back into uh, the music <laughs> here. And I, yeah. I think that anchors it back then to the map project too clearly, uh, but you know here you know songs like shepherds and wolves, meology, dream destiny, the narrow door. I, I'm detecting a theological theme here, a vortex mm-hmm. of futility. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I know which... that's that's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> that was and... actually that title was. Um from uh, Emilio Ramos okay did a, a series that he called the new apologetics and I listened to this and I and I just I really was getting so many ideas and inspired by his presentation of things and this was a phrase that he used and and it just as soon as I heard him say it I just was I, I was like that's going to be a song mm-hmm. and and it ties in with the um, 
the five solas. And, you know, I, this was kind of what happened. I, I didn't, I did not think in, you know, 2020, um, when we released the Map Project, I didn't think I was going to write an album of songs. It just, they just happened as I kind of unraveled um, just a lot of doctrines. Mm -hmm. um, I'll call them doctrines because, you know, in that, in that environment, you know, it's like people talk like, doctrine's a dirty word doctrines you don't talk mm -hmm. about doctrine you don't talk about theology you you know that's all too kind of legalistic and but doctrine is knowledge, what it is not enough heart knowledge Do right doctrine is what it is you mm -hmm. know but i there were you know those little cliches like those little statements what are they um is it euphemisms or something yeah. where you know I used to read, when I read <clears throat> uh, Johnson books, I'd be underlining, you know, like, oh, wow, oh, that's, re that's really great there, that statement. And, you know, I just thought it was all so, like, intellectual in a way. And, uh, and there was one in particular that kind of I, I kept saying, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so embarrassed that I, like, I said this to people, you know, a person with an experience <laughs> is never at the mercy of a person uh, with an argument. Uh, I've heard this a thousand times. And, so. uh, and, 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 and I was like, and I, I, I actually, at that time, I thought of that expression was more to do with my experience of God being, I, I was not threatened by an unbeliever or, you know, an atheist's um, arguments. They were no, um, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't bother me. You know, I was not at the mercy of their, their futile arguments, but that's not how people within the movement understood that statement. It was more, it was more along the lines of, you know, the, whoever coined that um, expression, I think, they were like the person with their mystical experience. Yeah, is never at the mercy of the person who's got a biblical argument. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, that's exactly how it gets used. That is exactly how it gets used. You know, and uh, you know, it, because it, that's the kind of argument that gets thrown in my face or emailed to me with some frequency. Mm. Where, you know, people who are offended by the 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 mean things that I say on my YouTube channel. <laughs> so yeah. But uh, wow! So yeah, so you 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 really you can in a way say come full circle, because your father gave you a foundation that you didn't build yeah. on as a young adult, and uh, and now you're you're now building on that biblical foundation and 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 not with with cheap, you know, with cheap pseudo profound uh, slogans and euphemisms from Bill Johnson, but actual biblical texts, and mm -hmm. so. Now your discography has um, the, your your theological journey embedded in your artwork. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I, when I when I started writing the songs, I, I I was like, I really thought, I I really want to be faithful to the to the truth 
now because it's kind of like if you're if you're going to write songs that express theological themes like you want to be getting it right yeah and and it's kind of is why i was sort of sending my very early piano uh iphone recordings you know to your good self to you know steve kozar to just because i thought well if, if there's just some dodgy theology in here i'm sure they'll let me know yeah because i just i felt such I just felt such a responsibility if I'm gonna if I'm gonna express these things now that I want it to be um, I want to be faithful to the true gospel mm-hmm. and I've, I've you know a lot of a lot of Iona's music for me was it was there was a lot of poetry in it I was always very inspired by the natural world as, as God's creation and and that would have, you know, um, that would have been expressed in in some of those songs. Um, but I I kind of veered off, and and I and I think now, gosh, you know, if 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 any of the songs that I've written or music that I have been part of has, you know, drawn somebody into um that kind of bad theology you know i i seriously want to say i'm sorry that you know i have been guilty of that um i know a lot of people don't you know they don't really analyze lyrical content that deeply but um i i know a, a lot of folk were kind of getting having um, or using that, using that music to have like a myst- a mystical experience, mm-hmm. and and I thought, I you know I know music's a very emotional thing, yeah. Like like I'm a very emotional person, yeah. Um, but uh, if it's if it's detached from the the mind and you know, like the words. Um, well, you could be listening to anything and have a mystical experience. Yeah. You know, um, it's like I know that the Holy Spirit may minister to somebody through a piece of music. Um, in a in a mysterious way, but that's that's up to the Holy Spirit. Like I can't, I don't manipulate that mm-hmm. um i guess it just with with this album um the words have become very important yeah um so yeah and and so uh one of the things i like about this album it's not overly produced this is um uh, t- tell tell us a little bit about the thinking as far as the musical choices that you're making because uh, piano plays a, a a big role, your voice plays a big role, violin plays a very very important supporting role, um, but uh, I'm not hearing a whole lot other than those primary elements. Uh, what what were your thoughts on 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 producing this this uh, well, this type of music? 
the, you know, the initial impetus to actually do an album at all um, came at the end of 2021. And a friend of mine contacted me and said, you should apply for the grant that the uh, Northern Ireland Arts Council are giving to creatives. Um, it's called a creative recovery grant. And it was something that the Northern Ireland Arts Council wanted to, you know, support musicians and, and artists who had kind of lost a lot of uh, work, hadn't been able to tour and stuff over the lockdowns. So I applied for this small grant, but you had to present a project mm-hmm. to get the grant. So I thought, okay, well, you know, I've written... 10 songs, you know, I could record, but I'm going to have to keep it very simple. And and initially I just thought, well, I could just record the record voice and piano um, at home. And, uh, you know, and the money had, the money had to go towards paying other people or, you know, mm-hmm. it had to kind of be helping other other people in the industry so i couldn't spend the money like buying the recording equipment okay so uh so it was a really a quick sort of put together okay um i'm going to record this album with voice and piano and and it had to be done within a certain time frame all the budgeting had to be put forward so uh but as i as i started to record the songs i'm like oh just it needs something more mm-hmm. and uh and i really love natasha to play on it so um that was right this is going to be vocal piano and strings and then i was like well it'd be nice to have just like a couple of other flavors on a few of the songs and uh i loved i mean the low whistle um was a big part of iona's sound mm-hmm. and uh and i also because I was including Find My Way Back again, I thought, well, you know, I need to do something a little different with it for this album. So low whistle. And then I and I really loved the flugelhorn because that was part of the the uh, sound palette for the map project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, it needed double bass. <laughs> And then, and then I'm like, when we were, when we got to actually mixing it, the mix engineer's good friend, he said, "Joe, there's a couple of these songs, and I think they really need just a little bit of percussion or kit, you know." And he's a drummer, so mm-hmm. he just set up a very simple kit in his studio and and put that on. So it was. I kind of wanted the overall sound to be like quite intimate and personal. So a bit like someone's just coming and listening to the songs, you know, in in the room with, you know, those musicians playing. Nice. Um, so, so, yeah, and it was, it was partly just time. Didn't have time to kind of overproduce it and uh, didn't have the budget. So... Um, that kept it simple, and now I'm actually—that's the way I'm—that's <laughs> the way I'm going to do the next one as well. Nice. Now you've already announced that you're working on another Apologia project. 
Yeah. So, uh, I, I, are you already? Uh, do you already have songs written for the next the next album? Um, I have four so four? far. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, um, the theme I'm going to call it follower, so that I can still have a cross where the L intersects mm-hmm. the vertical and the horizontal. I, I see what you're doing there. And uh, yeah, and. This is already the the songs that I've written so far for the next one already kind of have a different sort of vibe or energy. I mean, Pilgrim is is really quite um, uh, thoughtful and um, uh, well, just kind of it's pretty slow tempo most of the songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- this next project, the four songs so far are have definitely got some interesting rhythms going on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll definitely need some percussion happening on those. Well, yeah. So what well, have I got? I've got one's called one's called Prophets. Mm-hmm. One's called Truth. La 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 la. One's called critical thinking, and <laughs> um, and one's called one's called it all comes naturally, which is kind of on the theme of, um, well, it just it actually is part of my nature to sin. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. It's, it kind of it opens mm. with my my daddy didn't have to teach me how to be bad. <laughs> yeah. That, that. Yeah, that's what dads have to spend all their time tre- teaching their kids how not to be, you know. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh yeah. All right. So, so again, the, the current project is called Apologia Pilgrim, and uh, you can find it at uh, joehogmusic.bandcamp.com, and uh, that's currently where it's it's living. And then uh, you, you you like I, I already let people know, but sometime in the near future, you're going to be putting this out on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, yeah, and Tidal is the other one that'll go on. Um, okay. Yeah. So it'll All be right. and, yeah, it'll be out there. Yeah, and the and the the uh, the previous album, Map Project Two, is uh, Miracles and Parables. You can find that also already on Apple Music, and mm-hmm. if uh, and if people would like to purchase the album currently, they can do so at uh, at uh, your Bandcamp website, and the, yeah. and the link will be down below. Yeah. And uh, and the best thing, the best way I can put it is that um, that that as human beings, God has given us both a heart. And mind, and mm-hmm. uh, and the one of the, one of what the wonderful things I like about your music is it engages both, um, and you know, and as a as a theologian and pastor, uh, I always have to find uh, ways in storytelling to help engage people's hearts, but I still have to faithfully teach the uh, the biblical curriculum, which involves having their mind yeah. be engaged. And so, one of the things I love about your music is that it it, it both are involved uh, in in your 
latest projects. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like I said, it, it absolutely captures your theological journey. Uh, and it's, it's, it's there for everybody, but it's done artistically. So I, I, I'm absolutely convinced that, uh, you know, my audience, if you are looking for some good Christian music, that's actually Christian. Uh, I, 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 I would note that this would be a great resource for you. And, and I, I assure you, you'll be humming some of these tunes and putting them on your playlist to listen to in your car <laughs> while you're working out, you know, things like, although I would say that the, 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 the Apologia Pilgrim album doesn't lend itself too readily to working out. Okay, no. I, 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 I don't have it in my workout <laughs> mix. <so. laughs> no, you won't. You won't. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but uh, but still, you know, the the style mm-hmm. and the music is just really, really tastefully done. And it shows uh, it's it also shows that you're, you're a veteran, uh, you know, uh, songwriter and uh, your decades of, of writing music and performing. It all it all it, it all shows. So but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I think my heart for this project, for these songs is to encourage Christians who are maybe just embarking on this um, disentangling process or mm-hmm. who have become really disillusioned. They're on the verge of just chucking it all in They uh, because of the disillusionment and the disappointment that yeah. inevitably comes in this kind of environment where you're continually being told you know uh, the breakthrough's coming or you need to contend more for your breakthrough um and you're 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 getting you're being told you know that god has promised things that are that he hasn't actually promised to do so it's just that that it might encourage people who are still really kind of struggling to get you know really back to find their way back yeah. and and also i'm kind of hoping and praying that um those who are sort of still um you know very defensive about um this type of theology that maybe something in a song might actually there might be this little little bit of conviction or something that makes them think more deeply about it um because i've i found it difficult to know what i can um share or give to to people who i who i know who i love who are still um very very involved in in that nar environment and um and i think sometimes it's like you know, I've read some great books and I think, oh, I would, you know, this would be such a good book for so-and-so to read. But I, I know they're not going to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, at least not, not so yet, maybe. I, I'm kind of like, well, it's a little bit easier of a a way to, you know, communicate some of those um, ideas and and introduce some of those questions because it's you know the theme through through the pilgrim is very much about returning to scripture yeah and 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 knowing and understanding the true gospel um uh, 
that Jesus taught, and uh, and 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 to you know to just find to get back to that real peace and freedom that comes with it. I mean, it's not easy. It's not. It's not easy to unravel. Yeah. You know, fifteen years of really twisty, um, weird thinking and, and and practice. I mean, everything. Yeah. It's like, it was like I I had to unlearn so many things, like how I prayed, how I approached prayer, um, how I approached church. Um, how I read scripture, um, how I prayed for other people. Uh, it's, um, and, and also, you, you know, you do, you will feel like you are just really swimming against the tide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because um, it's like the majority of um, Christians that I know here, um, just don't they don't they, they don't really get or understand why i've left this wonderful rich dynamic friendly happy environment to go to a little old anglican church six miles up the road with 25 people and yeah. and and you know i'm way more emotional in church now yeah than i was before and I, boy i was emotional then you know i was like yeah. always in tears by the end of the worship and now now i i can sometimes it just just gets me when when i'm just reading yeah you've asked they've asked me to read the scripture you know a couple of times um in services and i like i just about get to the end of it and i'm nearly in tears mm -hmm. because I get it, you know, and and this just every Sunday to have you know corporate confession mm -hmm. of sin. It's just it's just so humbling, <laughs> and and to then you know have that prayer of absolution of forgiveness, you know, and I just it's just so precious. I mean, I I just love it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. uh, go back. You, <laughs> and, and, and always and again, I, you know, I, I think back to my times in the charismatic movement and uh, the latter reign. And, and, it, and it's like it, it, they were always really, really trying to grind this, this idea home that churches that don't have the experiences that they have, that don't have the music that they have, that those are dead churches, that the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit isn't there and they're, um, and, and the Holy Spirit's offended by the fact that they've put him in a box and he can't operate and stuff like this. But the reality is, is that that's all just nonsense, you know, uh, you know, God, the Holy Spirit is intimately involved in preach where the word is rightly handled and convicting us of mm. our sin and giving us joy and wonder 
in 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 the one true God. Mm-hmm. I, I I always, you know, one of the things I used to do when I was doing the audio podcast of Fighting for the Faith is talk about how the Bible is so much better than mm-hmm. the way these guys are actually preaching it. They're not oh, really actually yeah. bringing you the biblical text. And then when you encounter the real stories and what's going on in them, mm-hmm. it, it it'll flatten you at times, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so true. I mean, there's like there's so there's so many bits of 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 it that you know we you, we could spend like hours just you know <laughs> unpicking, well, well, yeah. unraveling different things. Um, yeah, you well, know, we'll, we'll have to spend some time. You know, when I when I finally make it to Northern Ireland, uh, you know, maybe you and me, your husband and Natasha can all sit down in your your piano parlor and just just chat and sing and talk for hours. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I'd love that. So, well. Uh, I, I want to thank you for uh, coming on Fighting for the Faith and uh, giving us an opportunity to, number one, hear your story. Number two, share with uh, with my audience the uh, uh, the great gift that they have available to them in your music and your artwork. Uh, and, uh, and for those of you who have been kind of unlearning the bad theology that you've learned, uh, this might be therapeutic music that will give you a <laughs> yeah, good... A good a good anchor, a good anchor, uh, both for heart and and uh, and mind to uh, you know as as you kind of still kind of process and unwind this. So, so Joe, thank you for uh, not only the interview, but thank you for the fantastic music that you've been producing. Oh. I'm looking forward to the next project already. So, and thank you, thank you so much, Chris, for just this opportunity to chat and uh, share that. Excellent. Now let, let me let me sign off with uh, the folks here, and then we'll, we'll we'll chat a little bit more before you head out. Um, so, if you would like more information about how to get uh, uh, Joe Hogg's latest project, Apologia Pilgrim, uh, again, there's a link down below and, and for, to her Bandcamp, and then the album, the previous to it, Miracles and Parables Part Two, the Map Project. Uh, you can find that on Apple Music and Spotify, you know, the different uh, streaming platforms, and so. So, uh, you know, avail yourself of these great resources. I, you, I think you will agree with me that this is really well done music that does glorify God in both spirit and in truth. And so until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. <laughs>